morning, guys. It is my pleasure to introduce this morning's speakers. Um, I've known I've known the Maloneys actually since I was a little sixth grader, um, and I knew them. I've known them as Carrie and Jason, and so. Carrie worked at Wooddale and at, then at Westwood Church, where she was my youth pastor. Um, and her and Jason have, Jason is still a pastor, and, Jason, and Carrie was a pastor for a long time. Um, and I've known them since they were dating, and I actually wrote a song about them around the time of their wedding, which is really cool. Um, Carrie has also been my personal mentor for years. Um, she's led me through a lot and stayed with me through a lot. Um, and I feel extremely blessed to have her as a role model and as a friend. Um, I know that both of them have huge hearts for students and for Christ. And under Carrie's leadership, I started leading worship for the first time, developing an interest in theology, making my faith my own, and growing in joy and in maturity. Her messages at Westwood were always convicting and extremely encouraging. And her invest in, investment in me and in my life have taught me a lot about what it means to be a caring servant of the Lord. So I'm so excited for them to speak this morning. Um, I know that God's going to speak through you guys like he always does. So uh, two things for you guys to know about us that uh, we just want to share with you as we start and share part of our story with you. The first thing is, there we go, feedback. Uh, first thing is, um, is that we met working with high school students. So both of us met working at Wooddale Church with senior high students. So we love high schoolers. We love students. We're not just saying that because we're speaking at a high school chapel, but we actually do love students. Um, there's some pictures you can see where, um, that are going to come up. There's the white screen. There we go. So um, that's us when we, even before we were dating at Sunshine Music Festival, hanging out with people, um, back with my mop haircut where it looks more like a 12-year-old than um, an actual adult. So, um, so, so, but we love high school students, so we're so excited to be here to speak. Uh, this next picture, you'll see Jason kind of creeping behind another student in me. Um, classic, right? That <laughs> it was great. We started dating that summer, and um, the second thing you should know about us, though, is that ultimate frisbee is the most dangerous sport out there for us. I'll show you a picture. When I was in high school, I played volleyball. I was super passionate about volleyball. I started playing when I was in about fourth grade, and I had a dream one day to be on varsity in ninth grade, so I trained really hard. And that picture, you'll see in a second. On the right, that is me as a ninth grader. I made varsity. My sister's right next to me, uh, number eight. We do look a lot alike, but we're not twins. Uh, she was my senior captain, and we got to play together um, as left side hitters, and that was one of my greatest dreams come true in that time of my life. But, like I said, ultimate frisbee is the most dangerous sport out there. Uh, summer before sophomore year, I was at camp playing ultimate, and I'm competitive, if you don't know that. It doesn't come out as much here as a teacher, but I was going for the frisbee, and as I jumped for it, my teammate, Chris Bresky is his name, I will never forget. He dove into my leg and I flipped, landed, broke my leg and was out my whole sophomore year season. And I felt this huge devastation. That was a huge, volleyball defined a lot of what I felt of who I was in high school. And I lost the ability to play sophomore year. I sat out and watched my spot get filled by Kelsey. I will never forget her name either. And during that time, a girl on my team actually shared this verse with me, which I'll share with you, um, just as a brief introduction. It's from James 1, 2 through 4, which says, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In high school, though, when she shared that with me, that didn't mean a whole lot to me in my devastation. And for me in high school, um, I played tennis and I played basketball. I was also in drama. I was in Beauty and the Beast in high school, so uh, represent for that. So, um, and we'll just get this out of the way. Um, the left picture of me playing tennis, it may look like something structurally wrong with my hand. Um, don't worry, it's not. I have full function of my wrists. Um, I was just hitting a forehand, and uh, I hope it went over the net. I don't actually remember, but that paper um, was in the or sorry, that picture was in the newspaper. So he was famous. I made the big time in yep. Cambridge, in Minnesota. Cambridge, Minnesota. So I uh, made it into the Star paper. I was also in music, um, really involved in music and drama as well. Um, but for me in high school. I also got two concussions playing ultimate frisbee, and I'm a slow learner, um, and so I got one concussion my junior year in the spring. The doctor told me, you should probably pump the brakes a little bit, maybe not play, and I said, okay, sounds good. Uh, the next month, I went back and played because I thought, why not? I can do that, and then I got another concussion, so, um, and no, I didn't get hit in the head. People always ask me this, did, did the frisbee hit you in the head? No, it didn't hit me in the head. I collided with somebody. I like to think I caught the frisbee, uh, but I, I, I like to think I caught it. I didn't get hit in the head by it. So, but I got two concussions in high school playing ultimate frisbee, and I just wanted to get back to my, to my normal life. I just wanted to keep going with what I wanted to do instead of not doing anything at all after concussion. But little did we know, those two facts about us that are so important to us would become the foundation for actually our future together. So two years later, I was a freshman at Crown College, and I played, you guessed it, Ultimate almost every single day for a few hours every day and loved playing. Um, and I really kind of uh, developed an identity around just doing athletic things and being competitive um, and doing those things. And so I played every single day. And in the fall, I, I went out to play. And, and long story, I can tell you later if you ask me about it, I had this weird feeling of like something not good is going to happen today. But I was like, ah, whatever. It's fine. And so I went out, first play of the game in ultimate. Somebody threw the disc. The wind picked it up. I jumped for it. And a buddy of mine who was actually, uh, I was in his wedding, he turned and elbowed me in the temple and knocked me unconscious instantly. And so I, I fell to the ground. The, the, the next thing I remember is waking up with a bunch of people around me looking down at me. Um, I couldn't really talk. I had kind of slurred speech. I had some clear fluid coming out of my nose, which I came to find out later was like some brain fluid that was coming out of my nose. And it was really disgusting and didn't really know where I was. Um, speaking was kind of difficult. And so for the next few weeks, weeks, I was kind of out of a lot of activities in school at college. And as a freshman, that was hard because I had kind of thought about um, playing basketball in college. And that was something that was kind of taken away with that. Um, but the biggest turning point for me was that I went back to Cambridge to the hospital to see a sports doctor that I've seen before just to take some tests for post-concussion syndrome, things like that. And so these tests, I'm sure some of you have taken it, um, kind of measures your reflexes, your memory, your recall, things like that. So as a freshman in college, I, I took this test and my results came back that all of those things measured out to be that of a fourth grader. And so my, and, and so my healing was, was, was really slow and, and, and my, my functioning and all those things were really slow at the moment. But I kind of in my mind had this idea that I just wanted to get back to do 
to playing ultimate, to playing basketball, doing things like that. And so I was sitting with a doctor with my mom and we were talking and, and this doctor who knows me and, and knew my family and knew that I wanted to be a pastor and, and he's not a Christian, but I believe he said this from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He, he told me, because I kept saying, okay, when can I take the next installment of the test so I can find out when I can go back to playing ultimate? And he stopped and he said, Jason, if you want to be a pastor one day, if you want to be a pastor one day, stop playing ultimate. <laughs> and it kind of stopped me in my tracks. I looked at my mom. She was crying. And whenever your mom's crying, it's usually not a good thing. And so, um, and so but I, it was this really turning point for me of really realizing how serious these concussions were. And then he went on to say that, that if I got another concussion, that it could mean brain damage or even death, depending on the circumstances of that. So we'll pause and just call this season of our lives trials. You'll see it on the screen just because that word really captures a lot of what we are walking through in this part of our story. Because from there, fast forward two years, that's when Jason and I met at Wooddale Church working with high school students. And I told one of you this story, I think yesterday. From the moment I met Jason, pretty much I was like, I'm going to marry him. <clears throat> I remember seeing him for the first time and was like, how can I meet him? This guy is something, something different than anyone I had ever met before. And as we got to know each other, I felt more and more that that was going to be our reality. And yet, as I also got, him, got to know him better, he shared more of these stories with me. More, the most important one was what had just happened two years before that in the concussion story he just mentioned. And I remember the words he shared with me that I will never forget. He said, the doctor told me that if I get another concussion, I will either become a vegetable or I will die. And I remember that moment like it was yesterday, like, okay, <laughs> that is intense. I don't know what to do with that when I think I've met the man I want to marry. And yet if he hits his head, he could die and that loss would be so real. And little backstory on me, ever since I remember, probably like seven years old, my mom is back here, I don't know, she'll tell you, too, um, I had this deep fear of losing my parents. Deep, deep, deep. Like I remember being seven years old, my mom hugging me goodnight and being like, God, what if this is the last time I'm ever going to see her? I don't know if you're liking me in that, but that is a fear that is real and grips my heart at times. Fast forward to that time when I was like, oh, wait a minute. What if I marry this guy and then he hits his head and then he dies? Like, that's a reality that we could be facing with this situation. So I wrestled with a lot of fear and I was overwhelmed with that anxiety of that what if, but I think, you know, I know I think I'm supposed to marry him. So what do I do with that? So I spent a lot of time thinking praying, processing, I remember with my mom, my dad, my sisters, and through a lot of that, I came to this spot of peace that God gave me of, yes, this is the guy you are supposed to marry, even though you might face some of these together, and that's been a part of our stories even before we met. So we continued dating, or I should say we dated, started dating that summer, and we're moving closer and closer to engagement, which was awesome. We hadn't had any of these bumps in the road yet together. And yet the verses we mentioned earlier from the book of James 1, 2 through 4, I'm going to read those for us again, because this really sets the tone for this significant part of our story. Just listen. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I had heard those words when I was a sophomore in high school, and like I said, it didn't mean a whole lot to me because I didn't know how to find joy in the midst of hardship and trials and frustration. And then it, coming into this season together, I wasn't quite ready for what we were going to face. And yet I knew, well, I didn't know then, but we would, soon, we would soon learn, there we go, that we would really understand the reality of what these verses mean. So fast forward to October 14th. 2014. Karen and I had been dating for a little over two years at that point. I, I was working at Wooddale Church in Eden Prairie in the senior high ministry, and, and we were going to go hang out. We were actually going to go bowling that night. Um, Carrie reminded me of that because I don't remember that. But um, so, so we were going to hang out, and so I was leaving Wooddale to go to the townhouse she was living in, and, and, and I don't remember this, but I, I texted her saying, hey, I got in a fender bender, and I'll be a little late to your house. Something in me wasn't too concerned, but knew I maybe should be a little concerned. So he pulled up, might have texted me like, hey, I'm here. I met him outside, and from the moment he opened the door and got out, I was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) He is not himself. He had really weird, like, inability to have expressions on his face. He wasn't talking much. He was moving very slowly. Uh, Once we got inside, uh, he sat down and just stared at the floor. And my heart started pounding, racing, like, oh my goodness, this is it. This, my deepest, biggest fear in this season of my life, now that I know I want to marry this guy, has happened. He got another concussion. And as I sat there and my roommate's little dog came and was just staring at him because he was acting so weird, um, I knew we had to go to the emergency room. So keep trying to keep my emotions together, but dealing with this deepest fear in my heart, I drove him to the ER, and as we sat there in the emergency room for probably two minutes, and you know when you sit there for only two minutes, it's bad, because they had seen how poor condition Jason was in, and they took us back almost immediately, but in those two minutes as I sat there, I remember biting my cheeks, texting my mentor, being like, oh, Sarah Sofelt, you guys know her. I texted her and was like, Sarah, I don't know what to do. I don't know how. I'm trying not to cry because I need to hold it together because Jason's probably dealing with worse fear than I am. But I remember asking God and crying out to him, saying, God, is he going to be okay? Is he going to talk normal again? Is he going to be able to think normally again? Is he going to have brain damage that will never be reversed? What is this going to look like and what does this mean for our future? And that was one of the most terrifying moments of my life, wondering, is he ever going to be the same again? But again, this reality is consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials. Again, another trial in our journey, um, but we're supposed to consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds because we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance, and then perseverance, uh, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Again, the reality of this truth hit me hard, and I was wrestling with that big time. So I had just started my master's degree at Bethel Seminary the September before my accident, so September 2014, and I knew since I was in eighth grade that I wanted to be a pastor. 
I was a weird kid who would preach sermons in my basement and do things like that. Um, but, but ever since eighth grade, I, I wanted to be a pastor and, and I wanted to preach. I wanted to come alongside people in their time of need. And so ever since eighth grade, I, I knew kind of the pathway for that was to go to a Bible school and, and get my pastoral degree, which I did at Crown College. I graduated from that. And then the next step I knew was to go to seminary and to get my master's of divinity degree. And so after I graduated from Crown, I, I got a full-ride GPA-based scholarship at Bethel to start my master's degree. And so this accident for me really kind of threw everything into jeopardy for me in my thinking. Because part of this scholarship for Bethel, not only was I loving my master's degree at Bethel, I was loving every minute of it. I was excited because I felt like this is what God was calling me to do. This is what God was leading me to do. And, and, and now some guy who was looking at his phone, I was at, a, I was at a stoplight and he hit me at 30 miles an hour looking at his phone. And, I, and ever since my third concussion in college from Ultimate, I stopped playing everything. I, I didn't play basketball. I didn't play Ultimate. And so the first question that came into my mind at the top of the list, I, I was out of work and school for five weeks, about five weeks. Uh, two and a half of those weeks, I laid in a dark room, just laid there in my bed. Couldn't do anything, thinking hurt, talking hurt, different things um, I, I just couldn't do. But one of the questions that came to the top of my list was, why God? Why? I, I, I was so intentional. I avoided all these contact sports because I knew that another concussion could be really bad for my brain. And yet, some guy looking at his phone ran into me at 30 miles an hour. I, I was so confused at, I thought God was calling me here, and now I feel like my full-ride scholarship could be in jeopardy. Because you, you, because you had to complete your master's degree in that four-year span to keep that scholarship. And so I'm thinking, God, what happens if I lose my scholarship? What happens with that? So I was really confused and discouraged. And I wonder how many of you here this morning, even if you haven't had a concussion before, are in that place where I was of being confused and discouraged and, and maybe asking that question of why to God. And both of us were having those questions a lot, um, both kind of different kinds of questions during that time. But, but, but we did remember, and, and not always perfectly, the truth from these verses in James. And, and, and we discovered something amazing, and we think it can be uh, shown through a little experiment. I remember very vividly, as Jason was struggling with this concussion, I would visit him where he was living. And I had to go on a retreat. So I was going away for the MEA getaway retreat up at the Young Life Camp up north. And I told Jason I was going and he started bawling. And that he's not a crier. And if you have, have had a concussion, you know your emotions kind of get a little wonky sometimes. And so he started, he started bawling. And then he, grabbed, he had a baseball. And his brother would come and visit him well, I was away, and they, all they could do that Jason's brain could handle was throw a baseball back and forth. So with that, um, we would love um, to share with you something that I think is, is really cool. So you see this, what I'm holding is a bar of soap. Your life, my life, our lives are like a bar of soap. This looks normal, ordinary. This one's wrapped. This one is unwrapped. It smells like soap. Josh, where are you? Catch this for me. Can you, can you verify, is this a bar of soap? Yes, a bar of soap. Great, it's ivory soap. So I want you to look at this. 
Jason's going to do something with it in just a second. But stay with us. Stay with us. We're going to do a little experiment and put that unwrapped bar of soap in the microwave. But before he does, before he does, stay with us. This reminds us our life is a lot like this bar of soap and that sometimes it looks normal, ordinary, plain, maybe boring. This soap, Jason was like, smells like an 80-year-old. Um, but sometimes our life just seems super ordinary and that's okay. But sometimes in our lives, it might feel like the heat is being turned up with different trials in our lives. The microwave here is going to apply some heat to the soap bar, and I want you guys to watch without talking, see what happens. But in your life, remember, without talking, just watch. In your life, you might experience trials of family difficulty, of a loss of a loved one, of fear like I was facing and still do face today, of the loss of a dream or disappointment. All these things are trials that we face, whether it's just like us, when we have been in high school and beyond. And it might feel like in John 10, 10, you'll see it on the screen in just a second, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes when we face these trials, I have felt and you might feel like the devil is literally just trying to destroy me, trying to get me to quit and be like, can't do it. This is too hard. And yet God has a different vision and a different reality and a different purpose for these trials in our lives. Because if you can see what's happening, it's truly not ordinary what's happening in here. But in trials, when you experience that heat and that difficulty, this gives you a little picture of what it's, what's going on in there. Uh, something else is happening. In James, it says to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because it produces in us, in you, perseverance, right? It produces in us so much that we are mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Okay, wait, hold up. Not lacking in anything. That's a huge reality that God produces in us as we go through this heat and as I, hold up, next slide, I'm going to show you a verse. The rest of John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Check this out. You go from ordinary, super boring, ordinary life, to the heat gets turned up with trials, and yet God produces this in you. Right? So cool. All right. So looking at this, obviously, it's very different from what Carrie's holding in her left hand. That's still the bar of soap. Like, there's no Justin Flom stuff going on here with, like, putting a new something in there. But what Carrie's talking about was when, when, when the heat gets turned up on the bar of soap, instead of melting or instead of withering or instead of saying the same, it actually overflows abundantly. And, and, and that's something that James is telling us when he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials. Your first thought is, that makes no sense. But James knows the true secret to what joy is because he knows that Jesus is with us and, and he knows that, that, that when we give him everything that we are, when we truly surrender our lives to him and, and engage in a relationship with Jesus, he will give us that abundant life and that abundant peace and that abundant joy. Now, notice how I didn't say abundant things. So when we give our lives to Christ, 
We shouldn't just think that, okay, I'm just going to get whatever I want and everything's going to go great. Jesus never promises that your life's going to be carefree, but he does promise that your life will be abundant. And, and that is the key thing here. And, and, and it's the amazing truth and reality that the, when we give our circumstances to God, he will give us that life. So as we endured this season, like we called it a season of trials, we went through a lot of the heat of trials and the difficulty and the challenges. And I remember thinking, right, like, is he ever going to be normal again? Well, the coolest thing is God has produced so much in us as a result. In this abundant life, Jason was healed enough that a month later, we were actually, like a month and a half later, or two months later, Jason proposed, and I knew, like, we endured this together. God is so good. We endured this, and God produced so much good in us. We can face whatever life is going to throw at us. It produced in us the ability to, to depend on God. Stay with me, sophomore boys. To depend on God and to not only depend on him, but to trust him, knowing that when I face this fear that grips me, I can say, God, you've got this. And you can produce this abundant life in me and make me so much better, stronger, have more joy than I ever could have had outside of having that trial. And he drew us closer to himself, ultimately, with greater dependence and trust and surrender on him. And so in the moment of fear of what can happen in the future, even Jason and I slid into a curb over Christmas break, and he had a headache for like eight hours. I felt like it was like a little, like, little bump, totally fine. The reality is that we still face this scary reality of what could happen. And yet in that, this is what I want to choose. And in the, the challenges of what you guys are facing, I would encourage you to choose this life, to press into God and say, okay, whatever you're going to do with, with this, do it, because trials will come, and I want this kind of life as we endure it. And one last thing, and, and then we love to close in prayer with you guys as, as we end chapel, but um, you may be thinking, well, how has Jason actually recovered from his concussion? Well, well, God's totally provided in that, and I did finish my master's degree in the four years, and so I kept my scholarship, kept my, kept my grades up enough to, to keep that scholarship. I graduated from that, and I'm a pastor now, and I get to preach a lot and do what God has called me to do. So God has been so faithful in that, and he gets all the glory for that. But, but one thing I want to finish with is that um, this baseball, I'm holding this baseball, and, and I actually forgot mine in my office at work, so I, so I uh, took one from Wass's office. But, um, and so, but this baseball represents something, because in my office, I have that same baseball that was the only thing I could actually do when I was laying in my bed. Only thing I could do was to kind of toss it to myself, because that's all my brain can handle. And now what I do is, is, is when I look at that baseball, when I pick up that baseball, it is a symbol to me of God's provision. It's a symbol to me of God's faithfulness, knowing that God provided for me, knowing that God healed me. And I still have some memory issues. I still have some reaction time issues. And so nothing's ever perfect. And yet that baseball in my office, every time I look at it, I remember, God, you are faithful. And so I would encourage you, think of something of, of when God provides for you, think of something that can be the reminder to you. It's a biblical thing and it's something we're so easily forgetful in life. And so take something that, that you can remember the faithfulness of God. Uh, we would love just to close praying over you guys and just praying because high school, we face trials in high school. We face trials beyond high school. The reality is that we're facing them now or we're going to. So do you guys just close your eyes, bow your heads. I'm going to pray over you um, and then we will be released. 
God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this student body and just the gift um, that they are to me. God, um, we love high school students and love being here, Jesus. And I pray that as they endure whatever they're facing, God, as a trial right now, whether that's disappointment, loss, um, feeling like a failure, God, fear, anxiety, all sorts of things, God, I pray that in the midst of that trial, God, that you would do a work in them that um, would produce in them perseverance so they may be mature and complete and not lacking in anything. God, give us a vision for this abundant life in you that you offer us freely. And God, I pray that we would um, take you up on that offer and experience that, God, in greater trust and dependence on you. And Jesus, as we go about our day, um, I pray, pray your deepest and richest blessing on them. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening in on our Encounter podcast. You can find previous Encounter recordings and who will be coming in future weeks on our Southwest Christian High School webpage, www.swchs.org. Click on Student Life and Encounter. Again, thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep your eyes fixed, not on speakers, teachers, or institutions, but on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith.